Hello? I'd like to know what kind of rant you went on when you called and I didn't pick up. I actually didn't say anything. And then I was just like, I was like, should I do a little monologue right now? And my heart wasn't in it. Uh, So you can just hear me breathing. (laughs) That was the saddest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) You can just hear me breathing and then just hang up and be like, huh? Right. Well, I haven't (laughs) talked to you in three or four weeks since I last saw you. Right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, um, How are things? Everything good with you? (laughs) Um, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so sorry to hear that. What is going on? Short answer is no. I am not great. Well, Um, let's take the next hour and a half to talk about the long answer, shall we? (laughs) Yeah. Also, that was obviously a joke, people. Maddie and I have regularly corresponded. (laughs) Yes, you've you've sent me many letters. You've been you did a really good job for the first few weeks of <laughs> sending me texts every morning, so I had something to wake up to, and then you kind of fell off, and then now you're back on. Okay, <laughs> rude. First of all, <laughs> let's just take this time to call out <laughs> your consistency. It's easier for me when I'm on New York time because I get like an hour in the morning and I'm like, oh, let me make sure I text Maddie before she wakes up. Mm. But I was in California, so rude. Mm. Yeah, because you flew out here to see me. No, well, no I you flew back out. Yeah. Yeah, you've been in California a lot. Yeah. My oh. heart is there. Oh, okay. Let's go. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I gave you a window and then I closed it shut. <laughs> closed it shut. I'm here for you. What? Tell me. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking a lot, but what do you want to? What do you want our people to know? We've been—I know—I've been getting a lot of messages from folks mm-hmm. um, who are, care about you deeply, are so mad for you, yeah. and also want to know where you are. Um, yeah. I am. Um, oof, the physical pain is still so real. Like, it's—it's right. <laughs> it's been four weeks now since she called me. That's such a long time. And um, what does yeah, that? Like, what does yeah. it feel like? Longer? Does it feel like short? Or does it feel like both? Both. Yeah. It, it, I mean, question, Anne. It's, a, <laughs> it's the longest we've ever gone without speaking in eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been surreal. Like, it's, it's truly just, it's been really tough. And um, we've had a little bit of communication, which was just awful. <laughs> right, on every account. Um, Me too, yeah, by but, the way. Yeah, you too. You got... You got a uh, text, which was really just surprising and hilarious, that um, she would think that there was any salvageable friendship between you guys, but... Yeah. I mean, I will say it was, like, very heartbreaking for me to be like, yeah, no, but also, yeah. obviously, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I really, first of all, I appreciated the feedback from the last episode so much, and it was really really healing for me to have people share their I mean it's just crazy how many people this has happened to yeah what the fuck or some people? version of it like what who raised all of these animals out there <laughs> who how is this happening to so many people Honestly. I don't understand but yeah I I really appreciated all the feedback and it was really cathartic for me and <sighs> I I as you can tell, I'm I'm sort of in a 
in a little low patch right now. There's been a lot of ups and downs, and um, I don't want to make it seem like I'm doing terribly because life goes on and worse stuff happens to people, but I, I, my heart feels pretty smashed um, right now. All right. Pretty devastated. I want to first and foremost say that you owe no one an explanation of, like, you you could have it worse. I, I understand. I, I totally beat myself up all the time for that kind of thing. But I do want you to know mm-hmm. that, like, this is a really traumatic and hard and, and heartbreaking thing that happened. So for yeah. you to be even talking to me on the phone and communicating with our our avid followers, who I'm now convinced might, might number more than eight. Um, <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> um, I You don't have to apologize and, like, act like you wish that or that you owe people to do better i mean i want to say give people a little window into our obviously beautiful friendship and um i i called you or we checked in a little bit really quickly this weekend and it was and i was obviously i miss you all the time when i don't talk to you um and you said to me i'm totally aware that like you're still reeling from this girl situation and you have your whole inner life going on i know you're tough it's tough and it's like you, you were like, I know you have a whole internal world going on, but I'm, I'm so sorry I haven't been checking in. And I was just like, <laughs> that I couldn't believe that you, I, you're, you're doing great, buddy. <laughs> you're doing really <laughs> wonderfully. And I know, obviously, you're in a low point. It's going to be like a low point for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But you're doing so, so well. And you're still the kindest, most joyful and wonderful human being that I know. And so I, I think that you're doing really, really well, considering Thank you, bud. I don't want to, like, diminish the pain. You're allowed to, you know, I don't want to make you feel like you have to be doing well. I'm just, you're right where you need to be. You're feeling all the things, and it sucks so badly, but you're being so strong and so thoughtful and caring still. So, you know. I just feel like I haven't been there for anyone besides myself in in the last four weeks. I just have been so, I mean, I'm trying so hard to live in the moment and to appreciate, like, what who is with me in that moment and the beauty of just Los Angeles or Nevada or wherever I find myself like I'm trying to to be present because I know I can't control the past or the future um but yeah it made me feel relieved when you were like I'm taking care of people are taking care of me don't worry about me um okay yes I I I mean it's just such a such a part of you that you worry about that and I think I mean, that's why we all love you so much, but, like, you take care of people all the time, and no one who is, like, reaching out or or trying to give you support is someone who hasn't been supported by you at some point. Right. So, it's, I know that it feels bad, I know that you're someone who's so good at taking care of people, and we love that about you, but um, this is just going to be a stretch where people are, are really, really happy and fine showing up for you, too. Yeah. I know, I... I've been trying to accept that and, like, part of the anxiety of the whole situation when everyone's just reached out and been so amazing is that fear of, like, I don't want to use up all the goodwill, you know? Like, I don't want to, you know, you're just worried, like, oh, well, what if, like, a few weeks from now I'm really, really sad and that's when I want someone to call and invite me to dinner, you know? Like, I don't know. I... I am. I was gonna say you got me until you said the dinner thing. Then I was like, "Well, I'm <laughs> ineligible, I suppose." <laughs> Jamie, my friend Jamie, was like, "I'll give you a pat." I was like, "When are you gonna 
be sick of me talking about this. And she's like, I'll give you a full year. You get a full year yeah, of... Or no, it was when I like didn't... I was like, oh, I need to get this. And she jumped up and was like, oh, I'll go grab it. And I was like, how much longer are you going to keep doing things for me? Like, how much longer do I get to play the I'm heartbroken and devastated card? She's like, I'll give you a year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then if you're anything like me, um, you will make a new podcast where you will talk about it for the next four years. <laughs> How are you feeling these days about uh, Don't you Lauren. fucking dare. I know your games. I know what you're doing. You got me one time last year and last season, and I will not fall for that again. <laughs> well, what's it been? Four and a half years? Oof, it's been a long time. No, it's been, <laughs> it's been exactly four. Oh, my God, is it my breakup anniversary? Somewhere early November for sure. Wow. Wow, breakup anniversary. Yeah. I um look forward to that had, date like, for many years this, to come. I had this sadistic thought of texting Madison and Rosie and being like, Happy anniversary. Madison dumped me four weeks and a day ago, so that means today's your four week. But obviously I didn't do that. But I love your sadistic impulses. I'm glad that we all get to enjoy that. <laughs> well, okay, speaking of that, I'm just gonna jump into Yeah, we've all like, the last two. Yep. I've got some catching up to do with the listeners. Um, I had a phone call um, a week and a half ago with Madison. We hadn't talked. Basically, she dumped me on the phone. It was a complete shock. Called her the next day, and she was like, Rosie and I are going to make things work. And I was like, what? Like, this isn't even real to me yet. Right. Like, this is just like a fever dream. What are you talking about? Um, and then I talked on the podcast about the angry phone call where she threatened to smash my windows. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we didn't talk for a while and then we had a few text exchanges and I just, um, obviously like, you know, livid and devastated and have so much to say. And so I was texting her and then she just, she just kept being like, I don't want these texts. Like, I don't want vitriolic texts. Like, I, I love you so much, and I'm here if you ever need me. And just stopped responding to my texts, which, like, I don't know. I mean, uh, yes, they were full of vitriol, but also, like, I haven't had an outlet to even... She hasn't had to face me. She right. broke up with me on the phone. She didn't see my eyes or my face or my tears. She didn't experience any of the pain and yeah you it's really a then, small a small version of what she could be yeah and yeah. I was like even the things I'm saying couldn't possibly hurt you even a fraction of how much you hurt me like I don't know if I could ever even get over this pain it doesn't feel like I ever will right now in this moment I know logically that that's not true but oh no actually just, you won't it'll it'll be there yeah. In a little in a little way. Oh, I thought we were all going to laugh at that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very jilted conversation so far. <laughs> no, it's not. We're doing I'm trying. I'm trying my best. My brain is just a pile of caca. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I'm so sorry that you're before. in pain, but I'm, I'm enjoying our conversation so far. <laughs> Um, so basically, she was like, I don't want to receive texts like this from you, um, but I love you and I'm here if you ever need me. And I was like, 
actually, you are not here right now, and I needed to talk to you a week ago. I needed to talk face-to-face when this fucking happened. I needed our six years of loving each other to be discussed. But, so basically, we were texting, and she was like, there's just, like, no way I could have done this any better. Like, there's nothing I could have done that wouldn't hurt you. And I was like, that is, you're delusional. That, that's a sick joke. There's a million things you could have done differently. And then she was like, well, like, you don't even understand my perspective, blah, blah, blah. And, like, you haven't even talked to me. And I was like, yeah, I know. I would have loved to talk to you. You have even picked up the phone and fucking called me. And so then she did. She picked up the phone and called me. And, um... So I was just, my mom had just left town. My mom came and stayed with me for um, three or four nights because I had my show, um, my first show Which, without Madison by the way, in eight really years. incredible, just so you know. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so we talked on the phone and it was like 10 days after the breakup or something like that. And she just started crying and was like, this is so unfair, like, everyone is so mad at me, and it doesn't make any sense. I was like, what do you mean it doesn't make any sense? And she was like, you're just, like, you're just upset, but, like, this is between you and me and no one else, and you're trying to burn my life to the ground because you're upset because I don't love you anymore. She literally said that sentence to me. That's fucking harsh. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I think the main thing is she's just worried about her job because I'm incredibly close with her boss and his wife and their child. And, um, I mean, I was set to hang out with them on Monday night. She dumped me on a Saturday. So Shannon texted me being like, oh, what do you want to do for dinner? And I was like, oh, I'm driving up to Marin. I don't even remember this conversation because my friends had already drugged me up. But I told Shannon what had happened. I was like, oh, uh, my girlfriend of six fucking years called me last night and left me for Rosie. And so Shannon was like, what the hell? And I talked to her and then Keith, Madison's boss, was really upset and he was like, he felt so bad and helpless and he wanted to do something. So he like went with my friends and helped pack up her stuff and like move it out. And so then later she texted Keith because they were talking about work stuff. And she was like, oh, like super crazy, by the way. Me and Maddie broke up. And Keith was like, yeah, I know. I moved your stuff out today. And she's like, oh, shit. What a, and so, what a weird... <laughs> what a weird way to completely, that. Just completely delusional. Like, just truly... She has no idea what she did. Like, I, she didn't have to see it. She didn't have to face it. She doesn't really have empathy it doesn't seem I don't think she understands in the slightest and so I obviously like have spent a bunch of time with Keith and Shannon since I got back to LA and they're being so supportive and um and then I said to Keith every single time I saw him I was like I know this is a terrible position for you to be in like I know how much you love her I know how close you got. She was, like, his little buddy, his his protege, his, like, they're really close. And I was like, I know how much you love her, and I know how important she is to your business. Like, I would never, I was like, I was like, I I don't know if you're even thinking this, but, like, just so you know, I would never, 
ever ask you to stop working with her or to choose sides. Like, I truly would never. And he was like, thank you so much for saying that. Like, I really appreciate it. And I said it on multiple occasions. And then, of course, stupid fucking Madison was like, when when we spoke on the phone, because Keith hadn't really been talking to her and she was like what's happening with my job what's happening and I was like to be honest I don't know like I'm not sure if Keith want would want to keep working with you like time will tell but honestly I think that he and Shannon are just like if this is what you're capable of doing to a person you love so much like what else are you capable of and she's like oh my god like me falling out of love with you has nothing to do with me doing my job well. Like, you're trying to burn my life to the ground. You're turning everyone against me, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't know what you think is happening, but I've told every person who's worked with you. Like, and people, like, a couple friends who have had her produce stuff texted me being like, I don't know what to do. Like, should I keep working with her? Or like, oh, I have stuff of she did coming out soon. And every single one of them I've been like, your music is incredible, deserves to be heard. Right. She's a great, great producer. She'll help you bring your music into the world. Like, you deserve that. I would never, I would never want anyone to not have that, you know? Like, I, I just, I never would. That's not something that I would fucking do. And I've been too heartbroken to be vengeful. Like, I haven't, I haven't, yeah. the only thing I did was do that fucking social media post and... I was really honest with myself before I posted that because I was like, what are my intentions here? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything just to punish her. Like, that's not going to be productive to me. And I really thought about it because I wanted to do the post, but I was worried that it would be perceived that way. And I was worried about, like, if I had any hidden intentions. And I'm not going to lie, like, it definitely feels good when someone who knows the truth of what happened is like, fuck her, that was terrible of her, I'm so sorry. Like, yes, that feels good. Oh, are you but kidding like, me? When, when the, one of the most painful things in the world is to be in a room with someone who's hurt you and no one else, like, right. like to, yeah. to have people not know and for you just to be sitting there stewing. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take time on this, but like, same thing I've experienced the same thing where yeah where this happens and like I you get really anxious about being in that room and then one person kind of you either confide in or comes to your defense and right. they're like oh yeah that's really shitty and all of a sudden the whole thing right. it just like it feels so really fucking terrible to to internalize being right. hurt that way so I yeah well yeah and and I kind of like when I talk so she she said, like, that was, she was upset about the social media post. She was like, I just didn't know you were going to do that. And, like, it felt like you were trying to punish me. And I was like, well, I could have given you a heads up. Although nothing is more blindsiding than telling someone you want to marry them. And then two days later, calling them and dumping them on the phone and starting a new relationship the next day and never discussing it with them or getting any closure before fucking beginning a new relationship. So I guess that's my bad that I didn't warn her. But basically with the post, like I, my main intention was that I didn't want to have to fucking keep it a secret and explain it to every single person who I went to go talk to. I didn't want to go to, like, 
parties or whatever and just be like, I wonder which of these people know, which of these people are pretending, you know, they don't know. You know, I don't want people tiptoeing around me. I, and I want support from the people I love. Like, I just didn't, I couldn't bear the idea of just not being honest. And also, like, you and I have discussed so much, like, being in the closet was so traumatic and lying for, like, a year of my life was so traumatic and I don't want to lie Right. And I don't want to keep it a secret. And then she was like, she was like, it just sucks that, like, you got to, like, to say your side of things. And, like, it paints me a certain way. And I was just like, you know what? I purposely didn't focus on, <laughs> like, I just, in that post on social media, I said very simply what happened without any exaggeration. But it is a fact. That is literally what she did. And whether or not she has reasons or whatever, it doesn't matter. That's what she did. She called me. She dumped me. She left me for someone else. She gave me zero warning. It came out of nowhere. I just used one sentence, said what she did, and then talked about my friends and how grateful I am and how I could really use some fucking hugs or cash. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Let's not forget that. (laughs) My best friend, Lisa, Venmoed. She didn't say anything. She just Venmoed me $100. Oh, my God. I just, I laughed so hard because I just love that she didn't, like, and after, of course, like, I've seen her and we've had amazing conversations and went out to lunch and all that, but she was just like, I was like, calls, texts, or hugs, or just cash works. And then she just went for that. <laughs> she, just, she just didn't didn't bother with the, like, oh, blah, 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 how are you? She's just well, like, the thing Here. is, when you're getting so many messages from people, there's only one way to stand out, which is... That's true. Yeah. Exactly. At Maddie Ross on Venmo. <laughs> a couple other people, too, were like, tequila money, like, blah, blah, blah. But if every people... listener Venmos you $1, we'll finally know how many listeners <laughs> we have. <laughs> Help us break eight. Oh, my God. So I saw Darcy and Mary Lou this weekend, and they were, they were like, just like, ser- side note, like, for real, though, how many listeners do you guys actually have? I was like, we don't know. We don't fucking know. <laughs> Genuinely, what Apple Podcast told us we had eight, and Squarespace told us we had several thousand. So <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know. All of a sudden, I am. Um, I can count. No, I think I would have to sit down and really count who has reached out and said they listen. Um, right. And that well, might be over the, the only years, way, the only way we could figure it out. There, we're definitely at, like, 50 individuals throughout the past four years. Like, I've heard from at least 50 Yeah, let's people. say 50. All right, we've got 50 listeners. You're, <laughs> y'all are dedicated. How many dollars do I have in my Venmo? Yeah. I've, I was just going to tell you to check, and then I was like, wait, we're not if, live. We're not. If you're not, if you haven't whipped out your phone by this point in the podcast, uh, you're homophobic. Retribution. You're not an ally. <laughs> unless unless you're already on Venmo. Damn. Yeah. She does that a lot. I don't I didn't say it, but I'm not gonna stop her. <laughs> well also so she decided that she couldn't afford to pay me rent. And I was like, um, what the fuck are you talking about? What were you gonna do if we hadn't broken up? Like right. you you need to pay rent. You can't just dump me and then be like, oh, I'm not paying rent either. 
And so we were kind of, we've been discussing the logistics of that. And then yesterday, she hadn't said anything and it's almost the 31st. So I emailed her and was like, hey, can you just let me know if you're going to pay rent or not? Like I need to get an advance front, or on my paycheck if, if you're not going to pay. And then she replied and she was like, yeah, I don't have the money yet. Like I'll pay you once I do. So you should get an advance. Like how does $400 sound? And I was just like, why? Why are you trying to, like, cut a deal? What? <laughs> just pay your fucking half of the rent. Like, what do you mean, how does $400 sound? It sounds like not the full half of your rent. You can't even pay me one month's rent. Like, any normal, any normal whatever rent situation, you have to give a month's notice. And if you move out without a month's notice, you have to pay that last month's rent. You can't just be like, mm, I can pay you this, I guess. <laughs> also, like, you're moving in with your fucking parents, so you don't have rent to pay. It's not like, like, what, you just want to save your money to take your fucking girlfriend out on a date? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, I don't know. That sounds, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a... There's just so many (laughs) logistical... It's just... I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm just in a simulation because it doesn't make any sense compared to the person who has really been there for me and loved me for six years. I'm just like, what fucking snapped? And how do you go from being so supportive and loving to truly just fucking me over in every single way. Like, what are you, what is she even thinking? What is she thinking? I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. No, me neither. I, I just don't get it. And, and then, yeah, for her to, like, accuse me of trying to burn her life to the ground, I was like, dude, if you get fired, I said, I I felt like she was gaslighting me because she was, like, saying all this stuff. And I was like, if you lose any friends over this or if you get fired over this or whatever that's all on you like any of the people who don't want you in their life anymore like it's a result of your actions it's not a result of what I did I'm not lying I'm not convincing people I mean I guess this podcast you could perceive that as that but whatever I'm we've been recording our fucking life for four years and I'm never had anything bad to say about her and now it's just like here's the fucking truth I'm just I'm just saying the truth and it's so she's trying she said in her text to you like well Maddie's really vengeful and vitriolic and blah 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 and it like that's just this like old narrative of me from like seventh grade like yeah, I have how, I'm not <laughs> like I'm not fucking vengeful I'm heartbroken and completely destroyed that the person who I thought I was going to get married to and have kids with and spend my life with just bailed on me so suddenly. Like, I'm fucking heartbroken. I'm not out here being vengeful. I'm out here trying to get up every single day and, like, just enjoy the moment and not let the despair keep me in bed. Like, that's what I've been fucking doing. I've been waking up every morning to let our dog out to go to the bathroom because she's gone. Yeah. Like, I'm not burning her life to the ground that this is on her the people people being disgusted by her or shocked by her it's because she had the ability to 
discard me on a dime and flip a switch and now start dating someone else. That People are freaked out because it's psychotic. It's not normal. It's not a normal thing to do to have to go from being fully dedicated to a person to just not giving a fuck about them. Yeah. I also, like, even... The situation could have been much more benign. And I would prioritize our... Like, that's how breakups work, right? Like, I would prioritize you in a heartbeat no matter what the situation was. Um, Yeah, it's not like we invented breakups and people picking sides like that's what happens (laughs) she just made it easier for people by being such a fucking asshole yeah and I I was just like I can't really speak for any of your other like anything else that's happening between you like you and your other friends and that know her but like I obviously I've known you for 10 years like I've (laughs) I've known you for so long and um I can't I can't imagine calling you and being like hey I just wanted to let you know I heard I heard another side of the story, and <laughs> I think um, if it's okay with you, I'm, I'm just going to stay friend. Fr- like, <laughs> I, <laughs> even if it was a more amicable situation, like, I, I'm yours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, when we talked on the phone, she's like, you haven't heard my side of the story. And I was like, okay, tell me. And so she got on the phone with me, and she was like, about a year ago, like, I just started to feel like I had a little bit of a crush on Rosie, and I just didn't have anyone to talk to about it, and, like, didn't think that, I just thought maybe that's what happens in relationships, and I just, like, thought, whatever, it wasn't a big deal. I was like, okay. And then she was like, yeah, and then, like, this summer, you know, like, we went on that one tour, and I felt like Rosie was flirting with me, and I just was, like, so confused and was like, oh, my God, is this really happening? And I couldn't tell, and I was just so out of it, but, like, I think we were just falling in love. And then she came home, and she didn't talk to me about it, and then I guess she just pursued the friendship and pursued the relationship and decided to go on tour with someone who she consciously had a crush on. Yeah, I'm not sure this makes it better. It makes it worse. It does make it worse for me. She decided to go on a tour without telling me that she had feelings for someone. And then, to make matters worse, she literally told me, that she would quit Rosie's band if this tour was hard on me and told me that all she cares about is marrying me one day and that nothing else matters to her. She said that sentence to me and she texted me every day from tour telling me she loved me and fucking complaining about Rosie and talking shit about Rosie and the band and blah, 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 and then just calls me one night and breaks my heart. Yeah. It's just, like, she told me that, and I was like, okay, so what part of this side of your story do you think is going to make people feel more sympathetic towards you and, like, you had no options and are just totally a poor victim of this situation? Yeah, I don't know. And, like, God, I just, I fucking loved her so much, and 
like her sister and a few of my friends were over like two nights before she dumped me and we were just like so the conversation fell onto like something she did or said at one point and we all were laughing and I was like god I just love her so much I miss her like I loved her from the second I saw her like I've just been in love with her from the second I set eyes on her and everyone was like oh and I just felt that way like I was completely in love and happy and also just you know I I thought that what separated our relationship from everyone else in the world was our communication like I just felt like no two people know each other better or are more honest with each other or more straightforward like we can fucking get through anything together because we love each other so much and are so honest with each other and I just am like I just have to reevaluate everything I thought I knew because I was honest with her and she was fucking lying to me for a year. Yeah. And she had thoughts of, I mean, she told, after we broke up, she was like, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought about bringing Rosie home to my family. Like, she lied to me and I'm, it's such a betrayal and it's like, I just don't know how I could ever get over such a fucking devastating heartbreak and betrayal I don't I don't know how to move forward and I hate that I want to talk to her like I want to so badly Mm -hmm. and um yesterday when we emailed about the rent um she was like I would love to see you face to face when I get back and I was like I just thought about it, and I didn't want to, but I said no. I was like, I don't think that's the best idea, to be honest. Um, I don't know what you could possibly say that would make anything less painful or make more sense or be productive in any way. And anytime I feel like I want you in my life, I just remember that you're with Rosie and you think you're in love with another person and you're supporting... You try, She's like being a fucking fucking supportive girlfriend like Rosie's opening for Phoebe Bridgers and Madison's like yay like so proud of Rosie just like that disgusts me and repulses me and I don't ever want to fucking look at her again and all I want is to be in the same room with her just so I can feel that she loves me and feel her love because it it hurts so much not to have it Mm -hmm. but I know that I need to not I know that it that's not healthy and I and it's just really scary because I basically was like I'm sorry I don't think I want to see you and that felt really final and like it hasn't felt real this whole time in a way because she's been gone but I just and I think it's hard sorry go ahead I blocked her on social media today and told her I don't want to see her and it feels really final and terrifying um, it was about, I think it was about a month for me too. And it was like, yeah, this is the moment that mm, it was two months, but I also was much more delusional than you are. Which breakup are you talking about? How fucking dare you? We were having a tender moment. <laughs> okay. I, I can't believe how uh, you can just come alive when you've just been crying. Oh my God. Oh. 
Um, I'm talking about the first one where <laughs> I continued to like talk with my ex and I just wanted oh, yeah. to talk and have it be normal and like I kind of wanted to be friends because I was like I don't know how to not have you in my life and like all the funny things I think about I want to send to you um but I knew all along that part of me just like wanted to be with her and it wasn't about like oh we should be friends it was just like no like I want to be with you in a full way um and when I realized and learned that that was officially not ever going to be an option again, I, that was, mm-hmm. like, the last time I talked to her, and I think it was December, January. It was two months after after we, like, technically broke up. Um, and it was totally, a, like, definitive. This is, like, in, in my head, too, not just in the words that we were exchanging. It was, like, okay, like, that's it. I'm never talking to her again. And sure enough, like, that was the last time I talked to her for, like, six months. Um, but it was, it was a really, it was like the hardest night of my life Mm -hmm. probably so far. Mm, I don't know. It's been weird in these, in this (laughs) decade of mine. Um, but, but it was like totally the beginning of, of like full recovery as opposed to just being in the swirl of, of all the shitty feelings. Mm-hmm. The very next day, it was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be okay. And then, she, I mean, I still wasn't eating very much, and I still wasn't mm-hmm. happy all the time. And even when I moved to, to San Francisco with Caitlin, I had moments where I was like, God, there's like a loneliness here. Um, mm-hmm. But that did go away, mm-hmm. and it, that was I remember it distinctly as the moment that my life started to get a little better. Hmm. Yeah. So today's the day my life starts getting better. Oh yep, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy for a long time, but it but it is. I mean, you're already doing so so well, and you are being really honest about how you feel, and you're reaching out to who you need to reach out. You're doing all the yeah. really really smart and good things that people need to do. Um, and I've had some really, really amazing moments and memories in the last month. Yeah, and I like can tell. I, I can see I've you on had in some posts that great time. you're really happy, huh? <laughs> well, really happy well, yeah. is a stretch, but yeah. I visited And also, you were sounded sister. always, but I meant <laughs> you've had some moments. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to Stanford this weekend to visit my sister and Kelly, and um, I had a really, really good time, and it was such a nice distraction and being in a different environment and meeting new people. I had so much fun. And I also, like, the social media thing I posted, um, my friend... Oh, I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Everything's a blur. But Caitlin rented that convertible, and my friends just drove me up the coast. I actually don't think that we did because... Oh, we didn't? Because we were at my house in California, and we didn't... Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so Kate, when I got back from from Marin, um, Caitlin, my friends were like, don't make plans, we're going to do something fun. And Madison's sister had drawn me um, this really awesome picture. It was like me and Caitlin, kind of Thelma and Louise style in a convertible. And she gave it to me like the day after Madison and I broke up. And it was so cool and... Um, 
And Caitlin and I, I sent it to Caitlin, and we both were just, like, amazed by it. And then Caitlin was like, I want to fucking ride in a convertible with you. And so she rented a red Mustang and then showed up at my house. Jamie and Caitlin and Ren showed up at my house. Caitlin had red roses. We got all dressed up, and then we just listened to Britney Spears and Christina and Destiny's Child and... (laughs) Beyonce and we just drove up the coast and then had lunch on the beach and that was the day I made made my post because I was like I'm just gonna fucking go for it I want to be free and um yeah we it was one of I know it'll be one of the best memories of my entire life that my friends did that for me I think the fact that you can feel gratitude and not just like know that you should is is huge I mean I can't even it's so remarkable it's such a wonderful quality that is absolutely on brand for everything about you but (laughs) it's so wonderful that you can even remotely enjoy yourself at all for this month yeah I mean I definitely oh my god (laughs) I just got so distracted I'm in (laughs) my mom's office right now recording this and I just looked up on the bulletin board and she has a she has a whole piece of paper that has dates on it and it has all of my songs and then their streams and then it's crossed out and then new updates with the new numbers. <laughs> She's keeping track of my streams. That's so sweet. That's really cute. Also pretty weird, but mostly cute. <laughs> A really weird thing to to hone in on there, but she's she's very numbers focused. It's yeah. Good for her. It reminded me um Yesterday, <laughs> we were talking on the phone, and I, I'm really, really excited about this piece that I've written about our friendship, and too. it's going to be so wonderful, and <laughs> I was telling you I was excited I was about it, and you just go, <laughs> you've written me a whole chapter in your book, you love me, and you're not going to leave me, <laughs> and I was like, nobody. It really got me. Just the the notion that you did that just made... I couldn't keep the tears in. I mean, it's the least I could do for you. <laughs> uh, but then the next fucked up thought was that I've been written a really beautiful love song before, and that didn't mean she wasn't going to leave me. <laughs> so what's your response to that? Um, <laughs> I see the thing, like what I was trying to say so before sick. about how fucked this is, is that like she and I, like as recently as like two months ago, would just like hypothetically joke about how crazy it would be if we were to break up and like just how weird it would be. We're like, what would we even do? And like she said to Ren once, maybe, like, a year ago, she was, like, if Maddie ever left me, like, I would, I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't shower, I wouldn't change my clothes, like, I would just, I would be destroyed, and, like, she, she's said all these things, and we've joked, like, what would we even do if we broke up, and then she'd be, like, well, we would, like, you know, say goodbye, and then we'd end up kissing, and then we'd have breakup sex, and then we'd get back together. Like, that was, like, her joke about, like, what would possibly happen if we broke up. Like, she was just like, it's not possible. And it, it's so bizarre to just be emailing her, being like, hi, like, 
I need to know about rent. And she's like, I need to switch the internet into your name. It's just like, I never thought we'd be fucking communicating like this. Right. Like, it's so bizarre. And, like, I keep having this, you know, like, really inappropriate desire to just be cracking jokes because it's so weird and bizarre. But, like, I don't even know how to fucking talk to her. And and I said about the rent, I was, like, really formal. And she's like, you could just ask me like a fucking normal person. Hmm. When when I asked her to pay her full rent and not just four hundred dollars, I was like, "It's typical in a rental agreement that you pay your rent if you give less than thirty days notice." And she was like, "You could ask me like a normal per- fucking normal person," and I was like, "How do you want me to talk to you? Like, I don't. Yeah. I'm just trying to take care of this logistics and get my rent paid." And then she was like, "You can talk to me like we loved each other and for six years and know each other better than anyone in the world." I'm just like, do do I know you better than anyone in the world? Like, yeah. how do I fucking know who I even know? It's just nothing makes sense. I just am so... I never thought she would do this to me. I keep... I'm a broken record, but it is just so alarming. It's still so fresh. It's as confusing as it was four weeks ago when it first happened. I just am stuck in a loop. I'm angry and then I'm hurt, and then I'm sad, and then I'm optimistic, and then I just fucking fall right back into missing her and being heartbroken and thinking she'll change her mind or thinking there's some way to repair it. Like, it's just this terrible fucking vortex. I did not think bringing up my essay was going to lead us on this rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry, I was joking. <laughs> I love you. Buddy, can we... Can, can we um, switch gears and talk about your amazing um, experience at Branson? Um, we can. But I just want to say really fast that okay. I I think one of the hardest things is, it, I mean, in a, in a great world, like, we could be friends with people that have broken our hearts. Because it's, you know, you, the friendship right. is something, in addition to the romantic feelings, like, the friendship is something so wonderful that you've clearly put energy in and work into yeah. and like that feels like one yeah. of the hugest losses is just like the the loss of that friendship and and it sucks it's so completely. so bad and like yeah you want to be able to just talk like normal um yeah and i think that is like the part of breakups that is always the hardest for me is is wanting really really badly to just be able to say okay like we'll just be friends and it's fine and we'll just yeah. keep talking like it's fine um, yeah. And then having that realization that, like, you can't do that and it just hurts way too much. And like, the only way to feel better is to just not talk and to not be friends. Yeah. And, and well, it sucks so badly. That's what she said to me on our phone call, too, is she just kept trying. I think she was just in a really defensive mode. I think it was, like, sinking in that everyone's fucking mad at her and no one could possibly feel the same way about her after this. And she was like... She was like, I just want you to admit that, like, I'm willing to stay friends with you. Like, I have room for you in my life still. So, like, if we're not going to stay friends, like, it's because you don't want to. It's not because of me. And she just, like, said that multiple times. And then finally I was like, dude, I'm not going to sign some verbal contract right now agreeing with you. Like, stop trying to fucking manipulate me. This isn't. This isn't my choice. Like you don't you can't just get me to agree that if we're not friends, it's my choice. 
I didn't ask for any of this. I don't want to be not on speaking terms with you. I don't want to feel disgust when I think of you or look at you. Like, none of this was my choice. And that's so manipulative to be like, well, I could be friends with you. Like, I fuck you. This is not my choice. And you can't just try to get me to say that if I'm mad at you or not friends with you or not speaking to you, that it's because that's what I wanted. Like, that's just... That's so... For someone who thinks she's so damn smart, that's really fucking dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I I remember that those moments too. It's it's always I mean it's always the person who hurts less that's like we can of course we can be friends and like text like normal and it's like no right. no we can't and and no like that this is what this means. Where did all of these terrible people come from, Eddie? I don't know. I've been living with them for a long time. <laughs> Living among us. <laughs> They've been living among <laughs> us for a while. Um, but but I feel like Madison being around someone else who also is like, yeah, what we're doing is fine. Like, she's just living in some weird fucking bubble where they're all, in, where they're enabling each other. And she and Rosie are both being like, we're just following our hearts. Like, man, it sucks. It's got to be painful. But, like, why does everyone have to be so sad like man you know like they're just they're just on their fucking honeymoon tour having sex playing shows getting all of this positive feedback and then like occasionally receiving a text from me being like fuck you i'm so mad at you how could you do this to me and then being like man this is really mean it's this is bursting my bubble like i'll always be here if you need me but like this is just too vitriolic for me it's like really you you have no fucking clue yeah. what you've done to me. She just doesn't even know. Right. I don't know if she ever will. And I think, and the hardest part to accept is not, is that I don't get to know and I shouldn't care whether or not she eventually feels guilt about it or if she just thinks she made the right decision. If she ever, if she fully believes she had no options or if she'll ever come to the conclusion of like, yeah, maybe I could have told Maddie before I went on that tour that I had feelings for Rosie. Like, who the fuck knows what she'll ever think? But for me to move on, I have to just not care. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. But my and my good friend always says when I'm just like, why, how could this happen? How could you, how could it flip? I mean, it's happened to me before. Um, but... <laughs> And she'll be like, my friend always says it's not for us to know. And it's so frustrating, but it's really true. And it's like, I don't know. We just have to figure out. And it's a, it's the fucking hardest part of being alive is having to go through this world and accept that things are not in our control and um, not things that we have privy or access to. It's really, really frustrating. I mean, obviously, we're talking on a level that's way, way um, more mind-blowing than anything that I've experienced, but... but it is a really frustrating part of being human and um, it's not going to come overnight, but it there will be a time where you're kind of at peace with whatever's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be there. I don't want to feel... I don't want to feel like a physical rock on my chest every morning when I wake up. I'm so yeah. sick of it already. I just want to be happy and I want to be... Where she is. She's, like, feeling... She's like, oh, I'm bummed, but, like, life's got to go on. And, like, I'm happy and don't need Maddie. That's, like, where she's at. Why am I not there? Right. 
Yeah, I don't know. It feels unfair. I know it, it feels it's really unfair, and I don't know. I'm sorry that you have to experience it. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be. She gets back into town this week, and it's gonna be really emotionally different. Like her being so physically close by right. versus like she was supposed to be gone this whole time, anyways. Right. And, yeah, it's just going to be a weird yeah. experience. I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to go about it. She keeps being like, I want to see Zeus. Like, uh, I'll come. I need to get to come see him when I get back. And I know she's not going to back down. Right. And, you know, I don't want to give her any fucking ammo to paint me again as some vengeful, whatever, vitriolic, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't. I don't want to see her. Well, I do want to see her, but I don't want to see her. And she's going to be a fucking nightmare if I don't let her take Zeus for a walk. So I feel like I need to just clear out of my house one day and just be like, yeah, you can go take him for a walk and bring him back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I just need your sister to defend me in a court of law, my dog custody lawyer. I'm legally obligated to say that she's not barred to practice law in, in California yet. <laughs> well, she's going to need to get on that if I, I need a dog custody lawyer. We'll so. find out in a couple weeks, but that's where we're Ooh, at. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Yeah. <sighs> Fingers crossed, everyone. Fingers crossed for, for my sister. Because <laughs> um, she can't take my dog. It's not not going to be okay. I don't think she can. Well, yeah, I I also don't think she, she would. She was trying to say, like, I've given everything to you. Like, I've been, she's like, I gave you everything you wanted. Like, I let you keep Zeus. I'm like, you were out of town. Your parents <laughs> gave up Zeus. They were, they were like, we don't want this dog. We're going to put him up for adoption. We took him in. I trained him. He was, like, neglected as a puppy. I fucking trained him. Whenever I go out of town, I'd be like, hey, did you let Zeus out? You've been in the studio for 12 hours. And she'll be like, oh, my God, shit, I forgot. It's like, you can't care for this dog. Don't fucking act like you're doing me some favor. I mean, you are, but, like, you couldn't even take him anyway. You're going to move back in with your parents who don't want him and gave him up for adoption. So don't act like some fucking martyr. Yeah. No, I feel like you. And also, didn't you tell me that you paid all of Zeus's medical bills? Yeah. I did, and when I couldn't afford all of them, my parents helped me out because he had, he had this like thousand dollar, like medical thing a couple years ago. Right. And yeah, I my parents helped me pay for it because I needed to get him medical treatment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <sighs> anyway. Well, I'm glad that you have him. Me too. He's been amazing. Do, do, do. We forgot to say goodbye on this episode, uh, but there's a part two coming out on Thursday, so to hear the end of this conversation, subscribe, leave us a review. Unrelated, but do it. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Maddie. Bye, Annie. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Love you. <laughs>